A Voice in the Dark, A Story by Peter Smith. Chapter 1, Quiet Interactions. My name is Claire and I had just moved into a small house in the sleepy town of Seabrook. As I started this new chapter in my life, excitement and hope filled my heart. However, my happiness was quickly interrupted when I began having strange interactions with a mystery woman named Sophie. At first, it was a simple coincidence. Still, as the occurrences increased in frequency, I could not eliminate the feeling that I was being observed. As Sophie's presence persisted at the margins of my perception, my days began to be tinted with discomfort. It began with brief glimpses, a figure vanishing around a corner, a silhouette in my eye. I dismissed it as my imagination playing tricks on me and put the strangeness of my new surroundings to blame. But as time passed, the meetings increased in physicality and intrusiveness. In the most unlikely locations, including a grocery store, a cafe, and even outside my place of employment, I would find myself running into Sophie. She smiled excessively lovely every time, but something in her eyes suggested a more sinister motive. I shared the unpleasant encounters with my friends and family, hoping they would reassure me that it was all just a series of peculiar coincidences. But as the encounters increased, I noticed that their expressions of worry reflected my anxiety. Sophie's activities became increasingly deliberate. Each anonymous gift I would receive on my doorstep, a bouquet, a handwritten note, had an aura of possessiveness that made me shiver. The cryptic signals hinted at a familiarity that further increased my sense of foreboding. The worst times were nights. I would stay up all night, alert for the slightest sound outside my window. The night was whispering Sophie's name, a sad reminder that I was never truly alone. My heart became infected with fear, which suffocated my once vibrant spirit. I started to doubt my sanity and wondered if I was reading too much into the coincidences and overreacting. But I knew in my heart that something was not right. There was a pattern to Sophie's appearance, an intentionality that was too obvious to be disregarded. In search of clarification, I decided to look into Sophie. I thoroughly searched social media for any indication of her existence. I was shocked to see a digital trail that hinted at a complicated past, a trail of failed relationships and unpleasant meetings with others who had come into contact with her. I realized I could not manage this situation alone with this new information. I confided in my friends, who supported me and encouraged me to act. We concluded that it was time to approach Sophie, demand clarification, and end the suffering. The scene was set for a conflict to expose the real reason behind Sophie's obstinate pursuit of me. My life was about to take on a new chapter characterized by uncertainty, resiliency, and an unyielding commitment to learning the dark secrets that threatened to destroy my newly discovered happiness. The Quiet Night, Chapter 2 My natural interest in learning more about Sophie's past drove me. Untangling the strands of her life, I realized that we had comparable interests and pastimes and even frequented the exact locations. Sophie had carefully analyzed me, getting to know me personally. The information gave me chills down my spine. I sensed that Sophie was watching my every move and that I was being exposed. I felt constantly uneasy because of this vulnerability, 
which crept deep into my spirit. Strangely, Sophie had an extraordinary knack for predicting what I would do and think. Casual chats would bring up private information that I had only briefly mentioned. Sophie had woven herself into my life, turning into a sinister figure that lurked in the background. The sensation of constant surveillance grew stronger. In busy areas, I would get glimpses of Sophie, her disturbing intensity locked onto me. I could not escape the lingering worry that had enveloped me as the air became thick with a palpable sense of danger. I began to feel uneasy as the days passed and my paranoia intensified. I started questioning every choice I made and every contact I had. Sophie and I had similar interests, but was it a coincidence or was something more sinister? I revealed to friends the breadth of my findings and the growing anxiety I had been experiencing. My friends shared their worries and they produced a strategy together. They would confront Sophie, ending the oppressive presence that had crept into my life and demanding explanations. The meeting was scheduled in a public space, a cafe in which I had once found solace, but now felt polluted by the impending encounter. The continual anticipation of what was ahead left my nerves strained as I waited for Sophie to arrive. Tension hung in the air until Sophie eventually walked through the cafe doors. She was a constant presence in my life, lurking in plain sight. Her presence was both reassuring and menacing. I addressed Sophie with a mixture of fear and resolve. Her voice was loaded with both of these emotions. I requested explanations to comprehend the bizarre game Sophie seemed set on playing. Sophie's face remained a mysterious mask that showed no signs of regret or guilt. She dodged my inquiries with evasive innuendos and half-truths in her answers. It became apparent that Sophie delighted in her control over me and the dread I inspired. My frustration grew, strengthening my resolve to escape Sophie's control net. I understood that the solutions might not be simple and that my road to freedom would require unyielding grit and perseverance. After the meeting, I exited the cafe feeling more motivated than ever. I vowed not to participate in Sophie's perverse game any longer. I had been brought to the edge by the unnerving meetings. Still, they had also ignited a fire inside me that burned with a desire to take back my life and reveal the darkness that had veiled me. My journey had reached its next phase, characterized by unyielding resolution, the pursuit of the truth, and an unrelenting effort to escape the grasp of a predatory manipulator. I would uncover the mysteries that lingered in the shadows, freeing myself from her bonds and regaining my sense of safety and tranquility. Chapter 3 Growing Stalking I was imprisoned in a never-ending nightmare as the days grew into weeks, and Sophie's surveillance became more intrusive. Seabrook, which had once been a small, welcoming community, had become a tight-knit jail, and I was constantly on the lookout for danger. Late-night phone calls broke the silence, the person on the other end of the line speaking with sickening malice that made me shudder. My inbox was inundated with ominous messages, each deliberately worded to evoke the maximum dread and doubt. Unexpected gifts started showing up at my door, ominous reminders of Sophie's devotion that filled the room with dread. My world turned into a confusing, unsettling place. My tormentor's shadowy presence could be felt in every crevice. I began questioning my sanity 
as the distinction between reality and hallucination became hazy. I felt as though the weight of her terror would entirely consume me. But there was a glimmer of resiliency burning deep within my soul. I understood I could not manage this nightmare by myself. Reaching out to dependable friends, I shared my terrifying events and acknowledged the toll they had taken on my mental health. I discovered a lifeline in their steadfast support, a ray of hope that I would not suffer alone. They produced a strategy to stop the constant stalking. They gathered evidence, tracked every interaction, and turned to experts to support their position. I realized I needed the entire force of the law on my side to escape my captor's hands. With renewed vigor, I embarked on a journey to collect indisputable proof with my loyal supporters. They set up surveillance cameras, methodically captured each exchange, and saved every unsettling message Sophie delivered. They were constructing a fortress of truth to defend against the gaslighting and deceit Sophie had employed to undermine my sanity. Each piece of evidence reminded me of the terror I had experienced during the arduous process. However, I sensed a tinge of empowerment with each stride forward. Reclaiming my story, I refused to be a victim held captive by terror. I confided in a counselor with experienced with stalking victims as the case against Sophie became more compelling. In addition to giving me tools to deal with the ongoing trauma, the therapist acknowledged my experiences and assisted me in reassembling the broken pieces of my self-confidence. My choice to get help from a professional was crucial in my recovery process. The counseling sessions gave me the resiliency and coping mechanisms to deal with the challenging path. After receiving encouragement from my loved ones and being provided with complex data, I decided to act. They went to the authorities, methodically laying out their case and pleading with them to treat the situation seriously. The turning point where I would no longer be silent and where my voice would resound against the evil that had followed me was at that crucial time. My call for justice could not be disregarded because of the evidence's strength and the survivor's perseverance. Legal actions were taken to secure my safety after the authorities realized how serious the situation was. Shielding Sophie from the hands of my unrelenting stalker, a restraining order was granted, putting a legal barrier between them. I felt relieved, but only for a moment. Sophie's fixation was unaffected by the limitations placed on me. Her tenacity was strengthened by the restraining order, making her an even more erratic and relentless pursuer. My fortitude and will were evaluated to the limit, as the struggle between my resiliency and Sophie's infatuation grew more intense. I clung to my loved one's steadfast support, the tools I had learned from counseling, and the fire that blazed within me despite my turmoil. I was adamant about taking back control of my life, breaking the bonds of dread, and regaining my sense of security. The voyage ahead would be perilous, full of unforeseen difficulties and circumstances that would evaluate me to the breaking point. But I knew I had previously triumphed over my darkest, most terrifying moments. Such moments nearly put an end to my spirit. I was prepared for whatever was ahead because I understood that my resilience had helped me overcome my fear rather than let it define me. Even though the fight against Sophie's fixation was far from over, I remained unwavering in my commitment. I was prepared to face the demons that had haunted my life, 
Chapter 4 Exposing the Obsession I confided in my friend, exposing the full scope of Sophie's persistent stalking, and my heart raced as I spoke. My friend listened intently, concern and resolve visible in their eyes. Knowing that reporting the occurrences to the police was the first step in escaping Sophie's control, I advised her to do so without hesitation. We set off on a quest to gather information, united in their mission to ensure my assertions were taken seriously. Peeling back the layers of Sophie's manipulation and stalking that had permeated my life, they dove into the depths of her infatuation. As they combed through every bit of information they could discover, late evenings moved into early mornings. They combed through social media accounts and pieced together Sophie's troubling behaviors over time. As the connections developed, a compulsive pattern beyond me became apparent. According to testimonies my friends found, the female victims of Sophie's depraved infatuation were other women. Their experiences echoed mine and painted a chilling picture of the anguish and misery Sophie had caused her victims. We put together a thorough dossier of proof with our newly acquired information. We diligently collected screenshots, witness statements from additional victims, and records of Sophie's messages. Every piece of evidence we had against Sophie was like a brick in a fortification, strengthening my case. We found more disturbing information about Sophie's past when we looked into it further. We learned that she had a history of controlling, lying, and torturing her victims mentally. It became apparent that Sophie's fixation was a pattern firmly embedded in her rather than a singular occurrence. My fear gradually led to an unwavering determination to end the suffering as we learnt more. It was now more important to keep others from falling victim to Sophie's cunning tactics than to ensure my safety. I would not allow Sophie to continue her unchecked terror campaign. We approached the police with our proof in hand, presenting our case with unshakable conviction. We revealed the horrible past we had discovered, revealing Sophie's obsession's entire scope and the harm it had done. With tangible proof and a clear grasp of Sophie's threat, the authorities moved quickly. My fight for independence won when a restraining order was filed against Sophie. I was relieved, but I was also wary. I knew that restraining orders were not often effective and that Sophie's preoccupation might be challenging to control. Sophie had demonstrated that I was unafraid of the consequences of her actions. My friends were on guard, taking extra security measures to protect me. They changed my locks, set security cameras around my home, and created an emergency plan in case Sophie tried to defy the restraining order. Sophie's hostility increased, putting a strain on my grit. I received a steady stream of harassing emails, and occasionally I saw Sophie lurking in the shadows. Sophie's infatuation and my tenacity were caught in a never-ending pursuit as their conflict reached a fever pitch. Despite the chaos, I found support from my loved ones and remained resolute in believing I would not be silenced. I was resolved to take back my life and find comfort outside the shadows, refusing to allow Sophie's gloom to overtake me. I was about to begin a new chapter characterized by grit, daring, and a relentless search for freedom. I knew I was not alone in my struggle against Sophie's toxic obsession, so I was ready to face the problematic trip that lay ahead. Chapter 5 The Dark Secrets Are Realized 
The unsettling reality of Sophie's troubled past became known as my friends, and I conducted further research. We established connections with other victims, reaching out to others who Sophie's addiction had personally gripped. Their chats revealed a pattern. In the past, Sophie tended to become fixated on women to the point of obsession. The tales painted a bleak picture of the unrelenting chase and psychological torture Sophie had put her victims through, events that were uncannily similar to my own experiences. My predicament was severe, and it broke my heart. It was now more important to protect others from Sophie's unhealthy fixation than myself. I was driven by a fire of tenacity that kept me moving forwards even when I felt like the darkness was about to swallow me up. We gathered information to compile a strong case against my tormentor, armed with the testimonies of Sophie's previous victims. Every interaction was painstakingly recorded, including emails, texts, and other contact forms that revealed Sophie's tenacious pursuit. But more than just the evidence fueled their resolve. It was the survivors' community's unshakable support and camaraderie. I connected with other victims who had escaped Sophie's control and learned from them about their resilience and coping mechanisms. These contacts gave me a lifeline and confirmed my perception that I was not fighting alone. Together, they created a strong network of survivors determined to stop Sophie's obsessional loop and see justice done. The trip was mentally and emotionally taxing. I discovered that I was racked with anxiety and troubled by nightmares, my mind a perpetual battleground between dread and tenacity. I was aware that my actions were not just for my benefit, but also for the benefit of everyone Sophie had harmed, so I resisted the need to be overcome by terror. I decided to once more to approach law enforcement, as the case against Sophie became more compelling. The amount of evidence I had meticulously accumulated, my discoveries, and the accounts of other victims were all revealed. The authorities paid attention, appreciating the importance of their work and the demand for a prompt response. Together, they devised a thorough strategy to capture Sophie and end her terrorizing activities. The police conducted search warrants, probing Sophie's private affairs and revealing the depths of her troubled psyche. As things became known, it became increasingly apparent that Sophie had been overtaken by her passion, turning her into a predator who had no regard for the welfare of others. The legal action against Sophie started due to the strength of the evidence and the persistent resolve of survivors. Together, the survivors prepared to testify and recount their terrifying ordeals, ensuring that Sophie would be held accountable for the suffering I had caused. A crucial shift occurred in my path. The revelation of my tormentor's tragic past strengthened my desire to escape Sophie's fixation. I realized they were closer than ever to bringing justice to those who had suffered and recovering their lives from the shadows, with the survivor community standing strong beside me. Chapter 6 Making a Turn I hoped that the horror would cease once the restraining order and the weight of the evidence took effect. However, my joy was fleeting as Sophie's fixation turned sinister. The legal system's limitations had little impact on her tenacious pursuit. Sophie's angry and erratic behaviors worsened. She ignored the restrictions established by the restraining order, showing up in my favorite locations, sending foreboding messages, and putting menacing gifts on my doorstep. 
Sophie enjoyed the chaos and thrived on my anxiety. I experienced a severe test of my fortitude and commitment. I was stretched to the limit of my endurance, as the conflict between my fortitude and Sophie's infatuation reached a height. But I remained resolute in the face of opposition. I knew that giving into fear would give Sophie more control. I sought more assistance because I was determined to defend myself and those I cared about. I enhanced my security measures by adding alarm systems and monitoring cameras. I also shared the ongoing struggle with my loved ones, relying on their steadfast support. Together, they produced a thorough safety strategy. My close friends and family became my support pillars taking turns to ensure I was never alone and offering sympathy during my most trying times. The teamwork strengthened my commitment by constantly reminding me that I was not fighting this battle alone. I was in constant contact with law enforcement at the same time. I informed them of each infringement of the restraining order and thoroughly explained Sophie's ongoing harassment. The authorities stepped up their efforts to prosecute Sophie after realizing the seriousness of the issue. I took comfort in the survivor network I had associated with as the court dispute developed. They encouraged one another by exchanging stories, coping mechanisms, and experiences while reassuring one another of their resiliency and the potential for group healing. Together, they stood up to the darkness and vowed not to allow Sophie's fixation to overshadow their lives. I found the legal proceedings to be highly taxing. I stood in front of Sophie in the courtroom and boldly testified about the constant suffering I had gone through. I was joined by other survivors who added to the chorus of tenacity. Their testimony had enough weight to portray Sophie's character. The tides started to turn throughout this trial. Sophie's facade of control started to fall apart as her actual nature became clear to everyone. Even to those who had questioned the seriousness of my accusations, the relentless pursuit of her obsessions, the manipulation, and the contempt for boundaries became obvious. The trial judge understood the seriousness of Sophie's activities and the threat it might provide. Sophie was found guilty of several counts of stalking, harassing, and breaking the terms of the restraining order in a moment of decisive justice. I experienced various feelings as this part of my life ended, including relief, justification, and a sense of completion. I had to fight Sophie's infatuation, which had taken a toll on me, but I became more robust, more resilient, and ready to take back my life. The path to rehabilitation would still be long, and it would take time for the trauma scars to fade. But I knew I had persisted through the most trying circumstances supported by a group of survivors who had overcome their own obstacles. I could now look ahead with renewed hope and a sense of empowerment since the law was finally on my side. I was prepared to embrace a future where I was no longer cast in the shadows of Sophie's infatuation because the tides had turned. Chapter 7, Taking Charge I shifted my attention after winning the court battle to taking control of my life and feeling empowered. I understood that finding justice in the judicial system was not enough to find healing, I also needed to regain my mental and physical fortitude. I signed up for self-defense lessons to reclaim my power and self-assurance. My sanctuary, a place where I could channel my fear and turn it into strength, became the martial arts school.
I developed a resilient mindset and learned practical self-defense methods under the direction of knowledgeable instructors. I made progress as the weeks progressed into months. I could feel my body getting stronger and moving more fluidly. But it was not just my physical appearance that changed, my mental toughness also developed. I acquired the ability to recover my sense of control through my training. I realized that my power was not just in my physical skills, but also in the strength of my intellect. I developed my capacity to remain composed under duress, strategically assess events, and confidently assert myself. I did not, however, solely pursue empowerment through self-defense. I sought treatment to deal with the severe emotional scars Sophie's persistent stalker had left behind. Through counseling, I learned practical coping skills. I found comfort in a caring professional's compassion while negotiating the complexity of trauma. I also benefited from the love and encouragement of my family and the survivor community. They established a secure environment where people could openly discuss their experiences, mend their wounds, and celebrate their resiliency. They reaffirmed to one another their joint power and that they were survivors rather than victims. I pursued my passions with increased vigor as I took back my life. I devoted myself to artistic pursuits, whether writing, performing music, or painting. These outlets evolved into means of self-expression, enabling me to deal with my feelings and discover beauty amid despair. I also started advocating for victims of stalking by telling my story and bringing attention to the terrible effects of obsession and harassment. Using my voice, I raised awareness about the value of early intervention and support services for individuals caught in similar situations. I found a renewed sense of purpose on my path to empowerment. My perseverance, courage, and desire to support others in finding their strength, rather than the trauma imposed upon me, now characterized me. I accepted the person I had become, a symbol of fortitude, resiliency, and self-reliance. The wounds from my history reminded me of my perseverance and capacity to overcome hardship. I refused to let Sophie's infatuation dictate my future, even if it would always be a part of my story. I looked forwards with hope and optimism, eager to embrace a life full of serenity, joy, and the freedom to be my true self, with a renewed sense of self-assurance and a support system at my side. Chapter 8 The Decisive Conflict my path to freedom had brought me to this crucial turning point, a last showdown with Sophie. The scene was placed in a dark, empty warehouse, a foreboding setting that reflected the severity of their shared past. My pulse raced with anxiety and anticipation as I entered the enormous void. I could feel Sophie's evil energy lurking in the shadows, which gave me more motivation. My physical and mental fortitude would be put to the most significant test now. As Sophie and I met eyes, the tension in the air fizzed with tension as the weight of their shared past hung heavily in the space between them. There was currently no going back. I would no longer allow fear to control my behavior because my tenacity had gotten me this far. A dramatic game of cat and mouse played out as the confrontation developed. I relied on my self-defense skills, planning each action and having keen instincts. I foresaw Sophie's moves and deftly avoided all of her attempts to get closer. 
The fight was audible throughout the warehouse, with their heavy breathing and footfalls creating a symphony of willpower and survival. As time passed, my inner fortitude and physical skills complemented one another well. I summoned courage from a source I was unaware I possessed. My resolve was strengthened by my recollections of Sophie's unrelenting pursuit, the restless nights, and the pervasive anxiety. I could take back my authority, make a statement, and permanently end the suffering. We circled one another, our eyes locked in a struggle of wills, as the tension rose to its highest point. My beating heart could be heard resonating throughout the empty warehouse. I was aware at that very moment that I had the upper hand, not just in terms of physical capability, but also in the unshakable strength that came from making it through the worst storms. My reflexes took over as Sophie surged forwards, her intentions plain. I counted and blocked with a talent that even amazed me. My strikes hit with a thunderous force, propelled by years of unresolved resentment and my will to defend myself. As their fight continued, echoes could be heard echoing the warehouse walls. My body served as a vehicle for the strength I had developed throughout my journey while my mind stayed sharp. With my unwavering quest for independence, I became a force to be feared. Then, in a dramatic turn of events, my last blow connected. The sound, a thunderous symbol of victory, echoed around the empty room. Sophie collapsed on the ground, finally giving up. Her obsession, manipulation, and relentless pursuit all ended. I learned I had won as I stood there, my chest heaving. I confronted my worries head-on, using my fortitude to keep from being overcome by Sophie's despair. I suddenly had a great sense of release as I came to terms with the fact that the pain of my past did not define me any longer. I inhaled deeply, relishing the flavor of success. Though the final confrontation had put me on the verge, I had come out stronger and more unbound. I had beaten my oppressor and taken back my life. The path to recovery would still lie ahead of me, but I had shown myself I had the fortitude to face any challenge. I exited the warehouse with my head held high, prepared to face a future brimming with opportunities. A future in which I was the author of my tale, free from the burdens of my past. Chapter 9, Remedy My life began to return to normality after Sophie was eventually caught, and the threat posed by her absence was eliminated. My horrific experience left me with physical and emotional scars, albeit they were not always visible. I realized that I would need to go through a sprawling process that would take time, self-care, and support from those around me. The process of my recovery grew to include therapy. I attended my appointments regularly, fearlessly exploring the depths of my trauma and overcoming the lingering agony. I faced my concerns, processed my feelings, and gradually pieced together the parts of my identity with the help of a kind therapist. I gained the ability to accept myself for any perceived flaws through counseling. I understood that being a stalking victim was never my fault because I had done nothing to deserve such suffering. I was on the road to recovery after coming to this realization liberated me from the burden of self-blame. The love and support of my family and friends aided my recovery. They offered me unshakable love, compassion, and understanding as they stood by me. I found comfort in their presence because it reminded me that I was not traveling alone. 
They listened to me, acknowledged my experiences, and gave me a secure place to vent. Self-analysis became a crucial component of my recovery process. I tried to get to know myself better, define my needs and boundaries, and care for my well-being. I worked on being compassionate with myself, telling myself I deserved love, joy, and a future free from the ominous echoes of my past. I gradually reconnected with my interests, those endeavors that had once made me happy and fulfilled. I rediscovered the joy of painting and found myself in the vivid hues and expressive brushwork that revealed my tenacity. I put all my feelings into my writing, using it as a cathartic outlet and a way to tell others about my experience. I reconstructed my life while also relearning how to love. The scars of my past no longer limited my ability to open my heart to new possibilities. I came into contact with people who recognized me as the survivor, pillar of strength, and woman of enormous depth I indeed was. I allowed myself to establish new relationships with cautious optimism, knowing that not everyone shared the horror of my history. I appreciated the beauty of my recovery process. I had become stronger and more resilient than ever, even if the wounds would always be part of my story. I had discovered how to manage the complexity of my emotions, find comfort in the company of others, and design a life filled with love, joy, and a new sense of freedom. I strode into the future with my head held high and my heart overflowing with optimism. This future had promised continuing development, healing and the unshakable conviction that I was the creator of my own story. I had regained my life and emerged as a lighthouse for those who had also suffered near darkness, so the shadows of my past could no longer define me. I closed my eyes and took a minute to acknowledge the power within which I had discovered. I still had a long way to go, but I had already made significant progress. I vowed to honor my path and embrace the limitless opportunities ahead of me with each step I took. Chapter 10, A Fresh Start. As the years went by, my heroic journey reverberated everywhere. Many people touched by my tale found encouragement in my tenacity, ability to overcome adversity, and unyielding spirit. I had changed from a victim to a supporter, using my own experience to educate people about stalking and help those who were suffering from its terrifying repercussions. My voice developed into a potent force that touched people who needed it most. I bravely shared my tale through interviews, public speaking engagements, and internet forums, bringing attention to the stalker problem and its severe effects on victims. Numerous people found hope in my message, which inspired them to break their silence, get help, and take back their lives. I put forth a lot of effort as an advocate to effect change. I worked with organizations that support stalking victims to raise money and create tools that will aid those in need. My tireless efforts led to greater understanding, improved legislation, and enlarged care networks for survivors. In addition to my advocacy efforts, I committed myself to assisting stalking victims. I volunteered at neighborhood gatherings, hotlines, and support organizations, lending a sympathetic ear, advice, and a ray of hope to those traveling the same dangerous path I once did. My compassion and comprehension helped others feel comfortable sharing their experiences, finding comfort, and starting their own empowering and healing journeys. 
My advocacy work had a significant impact on many people, in addition to those I directly served. In ways I could never have dreamed, my story spread like wildfire and touched many lives. My remarks gave stalker victims courage and solace, letting them know they were not fighting alone. To support victims and function as allies in the fight against this ubiquitous problem, victims' families and friends obtained a deeper awareness of the complexity of stalking. I saw real improvements in the system due to my unwavering commitment to my cause. Laws have been strengthened to protect victims and impose harsh punishments on offenders. Support groups proliferated, providing thorough materials and counseling geared toward survivors' needs. Thanks in large part to my efforts and the magnified voices of the collective, the conversation about stalking changed, and cultural attitudes started to change. I reflected on my trip's enormous influence, standing tall and proud. My transition from victim to champion has improved my life and given countless others cause for hope and perseverance. I knew there were still fights to be won, stories to be heard, and lives to be changed. Thus, my job still needed to be finished. I looked ahead with thankfulness in my heart and a firm dedication to the cause. I was aware that the path ahead would present new difficulties. Still, I overcame them with a deep reservoir of strength and a rekindled sense of purpose. My experience taught me that when fueled by the strength of resiliency, compassion, and the unshakable belief that change was possible, no darkness was too profound and no challenge too insurmountable. My tale went on from there. I took a step forwards, prepared to see every new day as an opportunity to change something. Born from the tales of my suffering, the legacy I had created will always be a ray of hope for those trudging through the night. My journey served as a monument to the ability of resilience to turn situations for the better and the unyielding spirit of people who dared to take back their lives and leave an impression on the world. And with that, a fresh start was in store, a future brimming with limitless opportunities, propelled by the strength and perseverance of one fantastic lady and the impact of my tale. Epilogue Quiet in the dark. Sophie's stalking may have haunted me, but it did not define me. I confronted my worries head-on, discovered my inner power, and resisted allowing the darkness that had once engulfed my life to silence me. I became a symbol of hope by finding focus on the frequently ignored problem of stalking through my unflinching strength and tenacity. My story resonated worldwide, leaving an impression on the hearts and minds of all who listened. My story reminded me of the value of compassion, watchfulness, and support for individuals who have gone through the agony of being stalked. Realizing that stalking was a severe offense that demanded attention and action had changed society thanks to my unrelenting activism and tenacity. In the following years, I remained a beacon of hope, standing up for survivors and defending their rights. I collaborated with legislators, law enforcement officials, and advocacy organizations to improve legislation and support services for stalking victims. My voice reverberated through boardrooms, community centers, and legislative chambers, reminding people how urgent it is to deal with this widespread problem. My influence went beyond my work as an advocate. I became a dependable confidant and mentor, giving comfort and direction to other survivors who had traveled a similar route. They endured the challenging healing process, 
taking back their lives and finding their voices because of my constant support and understanding. The voices in the darkness got quieter with time. Sofa's presence was reduced to a mere memory, symbolizing my growing self-confidence and the effectiveness of group action. My actions helped make the world safer, more knowledgeable, and more understanding of stalking survivors. The wounds from my past were still visible, a reminder of my struggles and the strength I had learned to possess. I realized that healing required constant self-care and growth and was not straightforward. Although the shadows may have impacted my life, they no longer controlled my spirit. I welcomed the new chapter of my life with deep fulfillment and a heart full of gratitude. I knew there was still work because stalking was still a problem. However, I was optimistic about the future since I knew I had made a real difference and that my journey had sparked a widespread movement for change. I ventured into the unknown as the last pages of my story flipped because I was unwaveringly convinced that my voice counted and that if we all stood up against the voices in the dark, we could make a world where no one would ever have to go it alone. Because of my ability to overcome hardship, I emerged as a symbol of optimism, reminding me that courage can be found in even the most unlikely places, and that everyone can rewrite their story.